It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie, it's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, it's pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You are Locked On Celtics, your daily Celtics podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, every day. I'm so hyped right now. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Locked On Celtics podcast with the Rain and Jays. Today, it's me, your boy, Jay King, from MassLive.com with Sam Jam Packard, the great. The saga has finally ended. The trade that was agreed to a week ago will finally become official. The Celtics didn't have to add too much to it. Just a 2020 second round pick, according to multiple reports out there. So, kind of good news for the Celtics, I guess. Even though they had to add something extra to the deal, it wasn't much, Sam? It's Yeah, it's nothing at all. Like, it's like the trade just happens, but it's just more frustrating for like really Kobe Altman like really you did this you try to run this BS for a week for and all you end up with is a second round pick it's just it's nonsense and my conspiracy theory is that it's just Adam Silver ordered this he wanted the NBA to stay relevant for as long as it could they made it almost all the way to September the entire month of August they got new news stories um but it's it's I'm glad it's finally over, and now we can start talking about like what the Celtics are going to look like next year. Because uh, of all this nonsense, we, it's just been a debate about whether or not the Celtics should give anything more up. But now we can actually focus on the fact that Kyrie Irving, um, solid basketball player, is going to be a Boston Celtic next year. Yeah, and through the whole the whole process, I really thought it was most unfair to Isaiah Thomas. Like, oh yeah. Like everyone's just dragging, dragging his physical condition through the mud, uh, saying you know he's damaged goods, this and that. He had to come out and say, I'll, "I'll be fine. I might have to miss some time, but no doctor has told me that I'll be any worse of a player when I get back." So he might be the biggest loser in all this because now there is that stigma around him. You know, he's already ha- had the five nine thing his whole life that he. He burst through and became second-team All-NBA, but now he's going to be a free agent next summer, and he's got this this stigma now because the Cavs are saying, you know, 
the physical was worse than we thought and we needed to have more added to the trade so his value is going down now obviously other teams will be able to look at his physical examination at the time he'll have time whenever he gets back this season to prove himself again but what happens if he comes back and averages like like 20 or 21 points and he's a 29 year old five foot nine free agent with with a hip issue I, he's the one I feel the worst for out of all this. I, I really hope – like, he deserves his money. He's been so underpaid for so long. I, I really hope that dude does get the Brinks truck backed up because he's worked like hell. He was he was a great Celtic, man. Like, he, he embraced everything the organization wanted from him, whether it was, you know, working off the court, uh, going out recruiting players, just, just being a, a solid, solid guy on and off the court. Just, just really a tough, tough, tough bastard too. Really brought an attitude to the Celtics that they just had a chip on their shoulder, and I think part of that was because of him. Part of that was because of Jay Crowder, two guys that they're going to miss. So hopefully, hopefully this won't impact Isaiah Thomas long term. Hopefully he can come back and play great basketball for Cleveland. Shit, he could be, he could, could be balling out in the finals in nine months. You know. Yeah, that's the the one reason I am not that. I don't feel. I mean. It did suck for Isaiah, but this guy lives his entire life with a chip on his shoulder. So if you're going to just give him more, add more fuel to that, I just like think it's in his personality to come back and be that much better. He's good at, he's going to use that to just grind the entire season. I think he's going to be damn good um, playing off the ball with LeBron James, probably the greatest uh, passer and playmaker in the game right now. I just... I think this, the Cavs are actually going to be pretty dangerous. And you mentioned Jay Crowder. Um, I thought he was the exact kind of person, a 3 and D guy that they can add to the rotation because they lack depth last, next year. So, yeah, I mean, it, it sucked for them, um, especially kind of sucked for Jay uh, with his mom dying on like the same day the trade initially came out and then having to be put through all this limbo. Um, but well, it's over now. People know where they're going. Jay Crowder's working out in full Cavs gear. Isaiah playing as the Cavs on 2K. You know, everyone's kind of accepted their fate, so now we can move on to um, a Boston Celtics team that looks drastically different than it did last year. Only four returning players. Uh, Terry Rozier is your second longest tenured Celtic. Uh, Wild times. Um, And I don't know what to expect from the Celtics team, both on the court and off the court. One of the things, um, and I'm sure we'll talk about this a lot more uh, moving forward, is how does this team mesh together? It feels like the offense is clearly there. You're going to have Kyrie Irving and Gordon Hayward, two great um, playmakers, ball handlers, do stuff that's uh, just create offense. Pretty much on the wings with Al Horford in the high post. I just think their offense has the potential to be um, amazing. But then there's also comes in uh, questions on the defensive end. Um, but I guess my question is, how do you think uh, – Kyrie Irving fits into the, the kind of the Brad Stevens system, and what is this Celtics team going to look like um, moving forward? Yeah, I, I think that's the big unknown, right? Like, what? That's why we're here to talk, break it down. <laughs> what, what is Kyrie Irving going to be? I, I, I think to to me, the Celtics offseason with the Jason Tatum draft pick and then the Kyrie Irving trade, it seems like the Celtics are like those guys are both isolation scores. They're they're fantastically skilled isolation scorers. They're very great isolation scorers. But in a lot of ways, they have bad habits. And I think in a lot of ways, this this summer has been a bet on Brad Stevens. 
to to teach Jason Tatum like it's not always best to settle for mid range fadeaway jumpers, and to teach Kyrie Irving like you can you can be a great scorer. That's fantastic. You'll always be a great scorer, but you're going to need to do more for everybody else now. And I, I think I think a lot of that is on Brad to to help those guys develop and and bring those guys to another level and and unleash them as like like team basketball playing guys. And we got a question on Twitter from Daddy Dusky. He said, anyone else think the lack of chemistry left on this roster is going to be a big problem? I think that's a valid concern. And and I say that partly because the Celtics lost three absolutely great like team players in Isaiah Thomas, Avery Bradley, and Jay Crowder, who were like super hard. Don't forget work. about the big dog. And the big dog, like but but those other guys I would say were were more of the identity for the Celtics. They were the tough, like chip on their shoulder guys who always wanted to prove people wrong and all like embraced every competitive challenge. And not not to say Amir Johnson wasn't like that, but but the other guys were just like like pit bulls. And the Celtics they don't have that anymore. Or it's it's not obvious that they have that anymore. And obviously Marcus Smart is like a legendary competitor, but what is Kyrie Irving going to do? Is he going to come in and, and think, you know, I, I've already played in three straight finals. I, I've done all these things in the finals. I don't need to prove myself anymore. Is he, or is he going to come in and and say, there are still a lot of doubts about me. I, I need to come in and, and prove those wrong. I, I don't know. And I, I think to me, the one of the biggest questions for the Celtics will be how Kyrie fits basketball-wise. Another of the biggest questions will be, how does this team form, like personality-wise, when a lot of the guys that that made them who they were, that tough, like dogged, determined team, are are elsewhere now, and and now you're relying, they're relying on a lot of rookies, a lot of young guys, a lot of unproven guys, and then a guy like Kyrie, who has done a bajillion things in his career, who has accomplished so much, but has never been considered like like that type of player so they're gonna have a very different identity i think and a very different personality than they had last year and maybe that's okay but but it is to me a concern yeah the problem is that none of these guys are really known for strong personalities or like they're i don't want to say leadership because i think there's many different kind of leadership styles but with the team last year, Isaiah had all the personality in the world. Jay Crowder, you're right. Avery Bradley, they're, just like, they're kind of the tough, um, hard-nosed guys, and that's who the identity of the team was. But now with all the new players, all the young players, and then you add Kyrie Irving, who everyone talks about being like kind of in his own world, likes to keep to himself. Gordon Hayward, who I just don't think has much of a personality and just enjoys gaming. Um, <laughs> Al Horford, he's a... Uh, He's a. It sounds like he's a good guy in the locker room, but he's not going to be like the the main personality on the team. I just don't know what this like Celtics team like. Who do they take after? Who's going to be the one to hold each other accountable? It felt like Isaiah Thomas and Jay Crowder were the type of guys who would not be afraid to like speak up if someone's not doing their role. I just don't know how that works out in this locker room with so many new guys. Is it Marcus Smart? who stepped forward and is like, this is the way the Celtics play basketball. Is it entirely on Brad Stevens? We have no idea. And just like, if anyone is in need of like a, a 
fun preseason trip where the team can bond, maybe like a montage. Like this team needs something because there needs to be some sort of personality. Because right now I just have no idea what like what it's going to be like. It's a, like a bunch of good, very good talents. But in terms of personality, your job going into the locker room after before and after each game, it just got a lot worse. It's gotten a lot more boring. Yeah, I, Isaiah was was perfect for the media, man. He was always accessible, always honest, always like terrific from from our standpoint. That's a huge hit. I don't know what Kyrie's like with the media, but it would be tough tough to be as as open and and good as Isaiah was with us. But obviously, obviously, the listeners don't give a shit about about yeah, they do. about the media. I don't think the listeners give they a shit about, about the media. You. They don't care about the media, but they still want some players like Evan Turner was a god in this town just because he said silly shit some, from time to time, like. There's got to be some like stories coming out of the locker room. They're not just basketball centric. Like maybe Brad Stevens, Corrales has been talking about this a bunch. Like he's letting his kind of sarcasm come out. Maybe he takes it up and just starts answering questions about his personal life or start like giving political hot takes just to take the pressure off these guys to be somewhat entertaining. But I don't know where it's going to come from. I think they need something. I'm really like want to send them away to like summer camp. Maybe the Rome that worked for the 28, um, 2008 Celtics. They need something because um, I don't know who who the personality on this team is. Yeah. I, I mean, obviously, Marcus Smart, I, I think he'll be a leader in his own way. I think Al Horford will be a leader in his own way. But but there, there are holes there, and, and there's just so many new faces. And I, I think at the heart of it is how does Kyrie Irving fit, like personality-wise and then Basketball-wise, I was talking about this on the last podcast with John. Like, we just don't know what he's going to be like without LeBron. Last time we saw him without LeBron, he was like 22 years old and not totally formed. He's still not totally formed, but he's grown up a lot since then. Last year, like in the minutes without LeBron, he was he was an unconscionable chucker, like beyond Russell Westbrook type chucker last year, and. Is that going to fly in Boston? I don't think Brad allows that to happen, and that's a good thing. I, I think they'll use him in a lot of the same ways they use Isaiah, but can he adapt like Isaiah did? Or is he going to be set in his own ways and say, I've been to three straight finals. I've, I've done this. I've done that. I've been on USA Basketball. I don't need to change. Or will he be comfortable adapting to, to the way the Celtics need him to play, which is he needs to lift everybody up now. And he has a perfect chance, the chance he wanted, the chance that that obviously he wanted to embrace when he decided to ask for a trade from LeBron James's team. He wanted a, a place like Boston where he could show everything he can do. And everything he can do doesn't – it needs to be more than just scoring now. It needs to be, you know, lift the entire offense when you're out there, which is what Isaiah Thomas did. Every time Isaiah Thomas was on the court, the Celtics scored. And they scored, and they scored. Obviously, he had defensive issues, but scoring was never, ever a problem when Isaiah Thomas was on the court. And scoring was a problem for the Cavs when Kyrie was on the court and LeBron James wasn't. And there are a lot of things that will change. Like, the system will be built around Kyrie now. The The Celtics will have, obviously, a very different system, I think, than the, the isocentric Cavaliers offense. But... There's, there's just so many unknowns to this team, and 
and we haven't even started talking about like Jason Tatum. What the hell is he going to do as a rookie? Jalen Brown. What the hell is he going to do as a second year pro? Uh, like Semi Ojale, who who might now be needed as a small ball four because Jay Crowder's not there anymore. And obviously Marcus Morris can play small ball four, but I don't know if Brown and Tatum can handle a lot of minutes at that position. So there's just like a lot of unknown right now about this Celtics team. And it feels like Brad Stevens, like he's got a hell of a job, hell of a job in front of him. He's got, (laughs) this is going to have to be his best coaching job yet because there are so many, so many pieces he needs to figure out. The thing that's interesting about Kyrie is that he's a great, he's probably the best isolation player, uh, in all of basketball right now, maybe you give that, uh, title to Kevin Durant just because he's so much, um, taller, but it's kind of tough to ask a a star player to get, get away from the thing that he does better than everyone else. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see, you're right, how he fits into the system as for kind of the scoring. I think Gordon, like the addition of Gordon Hayward kind of gets lost, um, in all the kind of the, the saga and the drama of the Kyrie trade is that Gordon Hayward was kind of brought in to be that secondary scorer. So hopefully, ideally, uh, you would stagger Kyrie and Gordon Hayward so there's not this kind of lull in offense and you can still have another all-star caliber caliber player to kind of create offense. Uh, I don't think offense is really going to be the biggest issue for the Celtics. I just think they have too much talent to kind of score. There's, it's just They're naturally going to get the ball in the hoop. It's the kind of the defense, the intangibles, the other things where you worry because right now they don't really have a lot of great rebounding. Kyrie hasn't been known as to be like the the best defender as some guy who really like fights through screens or really cares on defense. That's where you want to see the kind of the Brad Stevens coaching. Um, but right now it's 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 the defense and the rebounding that is is questionable. Um who do you think is going to end up starting? Like, what do you think the starting lineup is on opening night for the Celtics? I got to give a shout out to to, to somebody. Aaron Strampack at Cowan's Hondo asked, "Is Jalen Brown likely to start if the Kyrie deal goes through?" So we'll, we'll give him a shout out for that question. Um, obviously, Kyrie Hayward and Horford are in the starting lineup. I think Marcus Morris starts now with Jay Crowder gone, and. They could go big with Baines. They could go smaller. They could go Marcus Smart. They could go – but I, I think you'd rather have Marcus Smart run your second unit and be like that that energy off the bench. They've, they've always loved bringing Marcus Smart in as a sixth man because of just the energy change he brings. So I think he comes off the bench. Jalen Brown has a chance to start. I think Jason Tatum might have a chance to start. And those guys are really exciting, They're but they're really young. And and Brown would need to to really take a step forward to to adequately replace what Jay Crowder brought. And I, I know a lot of fans out there, or some fans out there, misguided fans, couldn't see what Jay Crowder brought. But he did a lot for the Celtics, and he was solid and he was reliable. And young guys, as a rule, aren't. So Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, there's just going to be a lot on their shoulders. Uh, I think... I think they go with Brown. I would have to guess. So you think Brown and Morris are the other two? I I would agree with you. I think Brown makes sense. It feels like they're especially when Brad Stevens said on the Manix podcast. There's kind of a, a lot of pressure on him to be 
to step up defensively. And I think he's really going to try to shoulder the load of what, I mean, obviously he can't replace Avery Bradley's defense, but they were asking him specifically to guard ones and twos um, and use his length and athleticism. And I think there's that he's, he's going to get the nod to start. And I also think that Aaron Baines might be the, the starter. Um, and I think he's going to play as like an, uh, an Amir Johnson type role where he plays like the first six minutes of the first and third quarters. Um, depending on how effective he is, he gets in kind of um, sparingly the rest of the games. I just think Al Horford has this mindset where he doesn't want to be a five. And to, to kind of start the game with a more traditional lineup with Horford at the four. But, but um, how, how can, he, how can he have that mentality now after what he did playing a lot of five in the playoffs and having like this I mean, unreal playoff that, run? Kevin Garnett like maintained that he wasn't seven feet when he was like seven two. I feel like basketballs have basketball players have some like weird, weird stigmas and stuff attached with things. It's just something that like he wants to be known as a like a a four. So if you can trick him into believing he's a four to start the game and then finish the lineups where he's at the five, I mean that's what you do. I can like can you explain why Amir Johnson started pretty much like eighty games last season? Because he's tall. <laughs> so is Aaron Baines. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, w- I wouldn't be surprised if Baines starts. Although, if you start Baines, like, who's the backup five? Uh, his name's Gershon Yabusele. That's the problem. Is they their big rotation right now is is basically three players. Um, they don't have a backup five. They're, I guess the only two fives. Here's where you want Horford to basically play the five because that makes Baines the backup five. But in terms of true bigs, it's Morris, Horford, and Baines. And how much can you really rely on Shemi and Yabusele to play serious minutes? I'm telling you, man. I feel like Ojale is going to have a legitimate role. And and that, that Shemi over Gershon. That's I I think I think Ojale is is better equipped to 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 contribute as in this year than Yabusele is. And somebody I think it was uh, Bobby Manning. My man Bobby Manning tweeted asking what what we thought Yabusele might do. But I, I just think that that Ojale, he had he's super solid defensively. Like he doesn't make mistakes. Brad came out in summer league, which was totally out of character for Brad, and said that Ojale could be one of the better defenders for the Celtics this season. So obviously they have a lot of trust in him in that way. And in a lot of ways, I think he has potential to become like like the next Jay Crowder type, where he can guard twos, threes, fours. He can shoot threes. He's strong. He's physical. He's tough. He's he's smart. He seems like a, a like a plus human being, um, which isn't the most important thing when you're on the basketball court. But but he's like super reliable type of guy who who I think Brad Stevens will will appreciate that about him. So and he can play play stretch four like. I, I don't know if Jason Tatum is strong enough to do that as a rookie. Jalen Brown, I don't know if he's solid enough with defensive rotations to to get get away with him much at the four. So I think Ojale is going to have a solid role. I, I think I think they're going to need him to play, and I don't know if that's a good thing or not. <laughs> but this is a this is a young young squad, and and they've. They've got their their front court is very shallow. I, I'd be surprised if they don't use that fifteenth roster spot to add some sort of size. Obviously, Thomas Robinson worked out for the Celtics uh, this 
this a few days ago and Andrew Bogut, they've been in contact with him. So I'd be very surprised if they don't find some sort of size. And Yabuselli, I, I just don't think he's he's ready defensively. But maybe I'll, maybe I'm wrong. He's got a really intriguing offensive game, but defensively, I just don't think he's there. I, I watched a lot of him when he was with the Red Claws, and by a lot of him, I mean like he was only there for like four games. <laughs> but I, I I watched them, and I, I just don't think he's ready defensively to to kind of step in right away and make an impact. Brad's going to have to have a lot longer leash with the younger players in terms of mental mistakes and defensive mistakes because we saw games last year where. Jalen Brown didn't play like entire second halves after like missing an assignment or messing up a two for one or something like that. So remember when he got yanked on the first play of the game after starting? Exactly. That was my favorite moment of the year, I think. So there's like, so is Brad going to do like, you can't really yank your, what, your eighth, ninth, or your seventh, eighth, ninth guys off the bench? Like, you can't just like cripple your team like that. They're going to have like a lot of young players getting significant minutes. And you just like it's gonna be it's gonna be very interesting to see how Stevens handles that because, like you said, they're gonna be relying on um, Shemi. They're gonna be relying on Jason Tatum. They're gonna be relying on Jalen Brown for serious minutes. If they make mistakes, you just go kind of let them learn, like let them take their punches and move on. You're still trying to win basketball games. You and and what are you supposed very to? Very interesting. Who are you supposed to turn to? Like it's just just another rookie you know it's like you yeah. can't it, it almost seems like they put together this roster to to take away all opportunity for brad to lean on veterans it's like oh you were starting gerald green in the playoffs huh well now there's no, there's no more veterans to start brad like it's gonna it's gonna be rookies and it's gonna be second year guys it's gonna be all youngsters and and that that gets back to the uh, the personality point, the the identity point is like, who are the veterans like showing all like this gaggle of rookies what to do and like how to like establish a work ethic? I'm sure Hayward and Irving and Horford like they come in and they get their business done, but like there's still kind of a team dynamic there, and you still would want more veterans than rookies, but with like such a younger team, how does that kind of manifest itself? It's going to be interesting. This Celtics season, um, not that it wasn't going to be interesting, but it definitely got a lot weirder uh, this offseason. It's so bizarre. And now, like, I've, I've, I think earlier this summer, I was I was very confident, you know, the Celtics would win around 50 games, probably more. Now there's just so much overhaul. There's so much youth on the roster. And they're going to need to be relying on so many young guys, so many new faces. They have a lot of talent. They have a ton of talent, a, a lot of skill. I have no idea. Like, there's a wide range, I think, of what the Celtics could do this year and how many games they could win, how how competitive they will be. And obviously, they'll be competitive, but, like, truly competitive. Like, are they going to push Cleveland? Are they going to take a step forward and maybe become more of a challenger? Those are the things I, I, I'm, I'm – I don't know. There, there's just so many unknowns, so much youth – just a lot of shit going on with this team. <laughs> Just a lot of shit going on. Uh, we we got a <laughs> we got a few other a few other questions here. Um, one from Keith Way at Keith Waves. Do you think Kyrie will be hell bent on silencing his critics by becoming more of a playmaker next season? I'll give this one to you, Sam. You would think so. You think you you 
like anyone who's kind of competitive, he's going to hear all the storylines about um, him leaving LeBron, him being selfish. He definitely hears about him just being a one-on-one player. You would hope that that's like he's a chip on his shoulder guy, like Isaiah Thomas was. I don't know. I don't know enough about Kyrie's personality. It seems like he's pretty driven uh, and has pretty gotten himself to this point of just playing basketball. So you would imagine coming into a system like that and working with Brad Stevens, he's going to be pretty determined to kind of one impress his new coach and play with all these, um, I guess, talented teammates and show that he is capable of leading a team and he's not just um, Robin to LeBron's Batman. But so I don't know. I don't know Kyrie Avery. He believes in some real shady stuff. So I don't. I can't really get a read on his personality. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll see, man. There's just. Just a lot going on with it. A lot of lot of X factors, a lot of lot of variables with this squad. A lot of variables. Variables everywhere, man. Like like can Kyrie can he become an MVP type candidate? I think it's within the realm of possibility. Do I think it will absolutely happen? No. But but he could. And he could average like he could be absurd. He could be fantastic. Gordon Hayward could take a step forward. Al Horford could be playoff Al Horford for the whole season. Like but how much will they miss Isaiah Thomas? How much will they miss Kelly Olynyk, Avery Bradley? All their veterans that played so many minutes. Jay Crowder. Uh, it's it's a totally different team. And really, like even, like, even Kyrie, we don't know what to expect anymore because he's not with LeBron James. And obviously, he's still going to be fantastically talented. He's still going to be a great isolation scorer. But he's going to need to totally change the way he plays to be successful and to 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 drag these Celtics forward and and Hayward same thing it's like he played in a slow it down system for a long time and he had Rudy Gobert behind him he won't have that anymore uh I I think the Celtic systems will suit him better I expect a lot from Gordon Hayward but some of that depends too on on how Kyrie Irving adapts to playing in the new system and how how willing will he be to pass when he doesn't have LeBron James on his team? How willing will he be to to be the the key playmaker? And and it's it's tough. I, I think it's tough. You, they, uh, Keith asked about silencing critics by becoming more of a playmaker. I assume for Kyrie Irving, a lot of times silencing critics has just been scoring points, scoring more points, and he's always that's always been enough. Now it it won't be enough. He needs to do more. He needs to be different. We'll see. There, there's just a lot of unknowns. Let's a lot of unknowns. Bef- before we get to the rain and junk, which we are going to get to, I uh, just just want to put put a call out there. Uh, if anyone wants to advertise on the podcast, email us lockedonceltics at gmail.com. We got a solid amount of listeners now. I, I think I think we got, got people who come seem like pretty 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 consistent listeners i think it would be solid solid for like restaurants bars uh you can even do like shit real estate i don't know what type of things you want to advertise <laughs> anything so email us lockedonceltics at gmail.com and and give us money pay us money man pay that man his money and i'm i'm very willing to sell myself um for money i will shill for your product <laughs> um, even better if I enjoy your product. Like uh, I'm drinking some Miller Lite right now. It tastes great. It's less filling. Miller Lite, sponsor us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Miller Lite, 
Email lockedonceltics at gmail.com. We appreciate it. That was just a freebie. That was just a freebie. That was a freebie. That was a freebie. I'm not a Miller like guy personally, but I can be for the right amount of money. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right, let's get to the rain and junk, man. I, I need to sit back and listen listen to you unload some junk. All right, we got a lot of nonsense coming in um, using the hashtag raining junk. This is the summer junk um, segment when it's the summer. We th- I thought there would be not a lot to talk about with all this Kyrie stuff. We clearly have uh, a lot of time to fill, but we got some good questions on here. Um, this is uh, at Celtics underscore Mike. Woes just confirmed the deal is done at 10.23 p.m. Will Millie's make a new intro now? What do you think? I saw you talking to Millie's on Twitter earlier. I think it's time for a new intro because the Celtics are no longer waiting on the Nets pick. The Cavs are waiting on the Nets pick, man. Yeah, so we talked to Millie's. It, we might have a new intro coming soon. For the time being, we're going to leave it because it's fresh, because it's hot, because shit. Like That's my favorite part of every day is just listening to Millie's <laughs> intro. Um, but we might have the remix coming soon. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. Millie's, Millie's is in talks. We're in talks. We're in negotiations. So no longer receiving the Nets pick. It, it's crazy the Nets picks are now gone. Done. Finally, that trade is, is wrapped up. I think Millie's is so good at freestyling that we could probably just call him up on Skype one day and he could just um, spit a few bars and it, we could it would be good. It's going to be hard to top the, I guess, uh, version one, but I'm excited to see what he can put out. Um, moving on. This is an odd question. I just don't know how to answer this. I'm going to um, spring it on you, J. King. If Kyrie was part of a Celtic sandwich, what part would he be? <laughs> that is from at Singing Bard or Matty Dubs. Um, what type of? If he was part of a sandwich. What part would he be? He'd he'd be he'd be the bread man. He'd be the bread. <laughs> Right, the bread. I was gonna go with the meat, but um, sure. He's a main ingredient. Yeah. He, uh, if you say he's the meat, Horford's the bread, and Gordon Hayward's the cheese, and the rest are just um, kind of fixins. <laughs> See, <laughs> that makes the most sense. You're better with the junk questions than I am. I was, I was just like, yeah, whatever. He can be the bread, and you, you put some this thought into first- that. I didn't put any thought into that. Is the real thing. I just started talking, and but you got, you out. got some real rationale to it, though. Well, yeah, it made sense. It just that was obvious. Um, this is from Jeremy Wolf at the Thinking J A R. This isn't even a question. It's just a, a link to a story. Kyrie Irving appeared in his high school version of Disney's High School Musical. Um, so there's some personality. The thing about Kyrie Irving is he's like a real weird dude. Uh, <laughs> he has the whole the whole flat Earth thing, and I still don't know if that was a goof or not. Like if that was a joke. I feel like he was just trolling with that. It definitely feels like he was trolling. Like he's often described as a guy who like marches to the beat of his own drum. I'm excited just to kind of see, trying to learn more about who he is. I feel like him and Jalen Brown are going to have some like really weird conversations about space and Copernicus and like the stars and science. Oh, I think it's going to be. I think if that's where the identity of the team has come out. Someone asked me this uh, um, when the trade first finally came down: is, is the are the Celtics now going to be the nerdy team? Like they have Gordon Hayward, uh, they have Jalen Brown, they have a bunch of guys from Duke. Um, are they just the nerds? Because normally 
I don't think Marcus Ooh. Smart uh, normally puts up with many nerds. He's normally stuffing them into lockers, but <laughs> they got a lot of nerds on the roster now. A lot of nerds. That that's a good. I I think that's that's a pretty good good point right there. Like they do. I'm asking Brad Stevens at Media Day if his team is a bunch of nerds. And Brad's a, the king of the nerds, right? Exactly. Like Brad is Brad is the president of the nerds. He's he's the nerd of all nerds. So. It's nerds, nerd central. <laughs> that might be their new identity. They went from like chip on their shoulder guys to just like flat earth nerds. <laughs> Terry Rozier and Marcus Smart are gonna be so upset. Those guys like to have a good time and definitely don't hang with nerds. But it's gonna be interesting to see what they uh, um, what they come up with. I got a lot of conspiracy talk. Um, one from Nate Wetmore and the other from just problematic. It. Kyrie's a flat earther. What are some other Celtics? What other Celtics are known conspiracy theorists? I don't know how to answer that question because I have no idea who else is on the uh, on the Celtics or what they believe. I in. bet Jalen's got then, some conspiracies. We that's another good media day question. I'm going to start writing these down. Um, <laughs> and the one from Nate Wetmore is: Do Lacerti were fired because they thought it needed surgeries? Hashtag seize conspiracy theories. I like that one. That one makes a lot of sense in my brain. Yeah, I I, I doubt that's the real reason, but if if it makes sense yeah, in you your need brain, to, you need to jump on this. You need to jump on this the junk part of this. This is nonsense. This is real. Just you're doing a little too much thinking here. Just yeah, think just do less. Less, less, less is more. All right, here's one for you from um, Arun Bond seventy five. Um, compare each Celtics to a Game of Thrones character. Okay, this is a good one. And no spoilers, man. Keep the spoilers to yourself. No, no, F that and the B. If you haven't seen Game of Thrones, we're recording this, what, the no. Wednesday? Like, Sam, come on. Sam, no, Sam, no. Sam. I'm not going to go out of my way to spoil things. Um, winter is here, but, no, like, come no on. No spoilers, man. Come on, bro. All right. Still uh, on Game of Thrones? I would say <laughs> Brad, Brad is Brad. Like he's just, just <laughs> all knowing. The three die raven. <laughs> I need, I need a, I need an image of Brad like with the weird like eyes, just like warging into a raven. That would be, that's a fire T-shirt right there. Brad, Brad is definitely Brad. Um, he sees all the past, all the future. That's how he knows all those goddamn ATOs. I think, I think this isn't a perfect comparison, but Al Horford is Jon Snow, like. Like just an unwilling leader, a guy who just leads by necessity. He he, be, he becomes a leader just because he always does the right thing, and people are like, "We gotta follow Al, even though he's not the loudest guy, even though he doesn't really want to be our leader. Like he just always does the right thing. We 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 trust him. So Al Horford, John Snow, I th- um, Gordon Hayward is uh, Samuel Tarley because uh, he's real into books <laughs> and um, the nerdy things. <laughs> that, that, that's such a disrespectful comparison. That's so slanderous and so mean to Gordon Hayward, who's like a, uh, is like a very good basketball player, but I couldn't think of anything else. This is kind of a hard uh, question because we really don't know who the, uh, what the identity of this team is. Like who do you uh, – no one really sticks out to me for Kyrie Irving. Um, yeah. I'd say um, Marcus Smart is the mountain or um, the hound, just the 
big dude loves loves fighting probably more than mountain but he's also half dead so i don't, I don't know um no, smart is, smart is torment oh yeah i can see that yes definitely wildling wildling blood a thousand percent for marcus smart. yeah smart is definitely torment uh terry rosier is braun i was say braun like just kind of yeah, like swag for days like witty a lot of swag and and he's tough and he, he's just like goes with the flow but he's still tough I'm I'm going with with Braun there. Um, who else we got? Who's Tatum? That's a good question. I got really I got nothing. I don't know anything about them except he likes St. Louis pizza. He loves he lo- like <laughs> St. Louis pizza a lot, man. I kind of want to go to St. Louis <laughs> and try some pizza. Him. He really likes St. Louis pizza. That's the only thing anyone would want to go to St. Louis is like you see an arch and then you try the pizza. I don't know. This question is tough. If anyone has like some better suggestions than us, uh, let us know. We're just use the hashtag Raining Jays or Raining Junk. Tweet us your Celtics Game of Thrones crossovers because it's difficult. We don't know who this is. Um, this is a question. I don't. I don't even think we have to answer it, but I just wanted to shout out um, Jackson Posey at Ace Hoops. Who would you most like to be made into a full size cheese statue for your house? <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't mention like celtics it just says who would you most like to be made into a full-size cheese statue for your house and i'm gonna add on what kind of cheese i, I kind of want a morris twin cheese statue so i'm going i'm going with marcus morris man I, marcus morris i, I need a, a, like a nice cheddar i will give him Sharp cheddar, sharp cheddar. Sharp cheddar, Marcus Morris. All right, I think that's a solid choice. I'm going to go with um, the dancing bear in, in a nice uh, pepper jack. I think that's the cheese statue I'm, I'm, I'm going for. Um, shouts to Ace Hoops for that. The most absurd question that's – the most ridiculous topic we've, uh, we've ever discussed on Rain Junk. Yeah, that is, um, that is some serious junk right there. All right, uh, that's gonna wrap it up for the junk. I don't know. Is there any any other good questions? Or are we? Uh, I, I, anything I, else you want to mention? I just have I just have one one final note, and that is God bless Dick Vitale, man. Like <laughs> Dick Vitale coming flying in to the Celtics Cavs saga with a report that his NBA sources told him the deal would get agreed to, and then the deal getting agreed to later that night. It was just awesome, baby, with a capital A. He's a PT peer. Uh, oh man, I'm a. I've always been a big, big Dickie V guy, and I, I realize why people probably get annoyed by him. But the man is just always on. He always has enthusiasm. He just loves basketball, and it was it was the perfect like dumb thing for Dick Vitale to come flying in with news, and just like one of the dumbest weeks I've. I could ever imagine like <laughs> like just the Cavs coming out saying that the guy they knew whose hip was injured his hip is more injured than they thought maybe kind of dragging their new star point guard through the mud and all for a 2020 pick it was just a dumb dumb week stupid week and Dickie V Dickie V just capped it all Dickie V <laughs> long live Dickie V I love that guy Total diaper dandy. Shouts to Dickie V for being a newsbreaker. The only thing that could have made it better is if, like, 
the Woj tweets came 20 minutes after Dickie V, so it really was like he was the one breaking the news. But you're right. Anytime he can enter into the foray of Celtics news, I'm all for it. Dickie V, man, just just coming flying in with the most random news breaking of all time. Like, could there be anyone more random to to come in with news? I don't think so. Not that I can think of. <laughs> it was perfect. It was just just perfect. And that, that that's a good place to add. Everybody, search for Locked On Celtics wherever you listen to podcasts. Give us a five-star rating. Subscribe to us. Listen to us. Uh Still, still doing two two times a week. We'll probably do that until like what media day, and then we'll start up five times a week again. It's coming back soon. The season season's coming soon. Less than two months now until opening night, when you can first see Kyrie Irving against his former team, the Cavaliers. It's weird, man. It's <laughs> it's a weird time for the Celtics. It's a weird time for the East. That opening night will be wild, but but this podcast is over. We have. We have overstayed our welcome here. We appreciate you listening. And we'll be back next time on the Locked On Celtics Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hi guys, this is Josh Lloyd, host of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. The NBA is back, so that means that fantasy basketball is back in one form or another. We've got daily fantasy, but there's also some fantasy leagues with the resumption of play with these eight regular season games in Orlando, and Locked On Fantasy Basketball is going to have you covered. It's not just for fantasy basketball, though, because we recap all of the games across the NBA, so if you're looking for a broad overview of the action across the league every day, Locked On Fantasy Basketball is the podcast for you.